Welcome to the Powers That Be Daily, Puck's podcast focused on the intersection of Wall Street, Washington, Silicon Valley, and Hollywood, and the players who run it all. I'm Peter Hamby. It's Tuesday, March 29th, and today we are talking to the amazing Baratunde Thurston, who wrote what I think is the most thoughtful reaction to Will Smith's now infamous slap of Chris Rock at the Oscars. We'll get into why Smith lost control of his carefully crafted public persona, the possible roots of his anger, and what men can learn about vulnerability and managing their emotions. We'll hear about all of that on today's episode of The Powers That Be. Welcome everybody to this Tuesday edition of The Powers That Be. It's been 36, 48 hours roughly since Will Smith took the stage at the Oscars and changed the discourse. (laughs) Um, In a positive way, though, if you read uh, my guest Baratunde Thurston's latest piece for Puck, Will Smith's Tragic Lesson, um, I was about to say some some nice things uh, to Baratunde before we started taping this, but I decided to save it. One of them was I was on a uh, work call uh, Monday morning after this happened with my colleagues at Snapchat, and they were all sort of struggling to articulate how they felt about this. And then when I read your piece, I immediately emailed it to all of them because you concisely, smartly, empathetically, I think, summed up um, perhaps where Will Smith is coming from and what he should have said. I recommend this piece to everybody. Everybody should read it. It's one of the best things, actually, that's been posted on Puck. But, Bertone, talk about, like, the kernel of this piece because it feels like you you had previously read Will Smith's autobiography and gave us you gave us a glimpse into his upbringing, the sort of shell he built around himself, and how that led him to act out, perhaps, on, on Sunday night. The, uh, the colonel, and hello, Peter, good to be here with hey. you. Um, <laughs> the, the colonel came, you know, I watched the Oscars out of sync with time. I was delayed a few hours, and I had turned off all my phone's notifications so I wouldn't have any spoilers, and uh, I didn't know what was coming. I glanced at one of my texting apps, and I saw that a group of friends, uh, our thread, had 75 messages in it. And I was like, I wonder what that's all about. Probably just Oscar chatter. You know, people just commenting on the Oscars. And so I, I waited uh, until, you know, toward the end, uh, in terms of my timeline of viewing, to see what was going on. And, and anyway, the colonel came from an attempt to explain something that seemed so out of character. Uh, that's so abrupt, so escalated so quickly, so violent in language and in action from someone who has appeared to be none of those things. Mm -hmm. Really accessible, really beaming and kind and friendly. Like what snapped? What was going on? And, you know, we were sharing different articles around that might explain this, that, or the other piece of it. And, And one of these pieces was sharing some excerpts from this memoir. I hadn't read the memoir. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw these components of it, though, in terms of his witnessing his own mother's abuse at the hands of his father. And he was like nine years old, and he saw his mom get the crap beat out of her. And he acknowledges that that really affected him. 
uh, in a negative way, ultimately. And he crafted a whole character of himself, the one we know, to shield himself from those feelings of shame. And that felt, you know, it's, it's never, I'm not an actual psychologist, a therapist. I'm not trying to make a diagnosis, but it felt very plausible that all of that effort you know, create, to craft that story for himself and that character for himself came tumbling down on the Oscar stage in front of the whole world in a way that he could no longer control. And it just, it was really, really sad. It was really sad to see. And, and the way he wrapped himself in his non-apology in the moment with l- terms of love and protection, um, defending, you know, these actors and his wife and his family and his people, it felt a bit much. Uh, and it felt like someone flailing you know, reaching for us a, a way to make sense of what they couldn't even make sense of because it was out of sync with what he thought of himself as. Yeah, I, I, I thought the same thing too. And one of these similar work colleagues articulated to me, not that Will Smith is in any way, uh, well, he, he was abusive to Chris Rock in that moment, but that he's not an abuser. You know, there's no like evidence of any of that. He has certainly witnessed abuse as a child, but the deploying emotion and tears as a tactic to justify one's behavior felt like the uh, behavior of, you know, someone who's like gaslighting people and who's, who's abusive. Again, Will Smith yeah, is not but, necessarily no, but people recognize yeah. We can recognize that behavior, many of us in our own lives or through mm-hmm. our friends' lives or, or folks we know and love, the, the person who uh, explains away their violence because of love. Mm-hmm. It's because of my commitment. It's because I care about you so much that I've done this terrible thing, which on the face of it, shouldn't be allowed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when he used, you know, that, I just, love makes you do crazy things. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, a, that's a troubling statement, you know, to, to pin it on love when it's expressed in that way. And it's also identifiable to so many, you know, either because we've behaved that way ourselves or because we've been exposed to that behavior ourselves. And it can be pretty triggering for folk. You posted this on Monday afternoon. Um, I won't necessarily read the whole thing, but you yeah. suggested some language for what he could have said. You know, I quote, this is your, this is your writing. I apologize to my brother, Chris Rock, who somehow managed to keep the show going after I hit him in the face. I, I mean, just facts on that one right there. <laughs> yeah. you know, we got to give points. It's funny, it's funny too. Like the, joke seemed like it was probably in poor taste. I mean, she does have alopecia. I, I saw some reports earlier that it, that was not in his rehearsals. He kind of ad-libbed it. So you can see where he got angry. Yeah. Um, at the same time, it did feel like the snap consensus immediately after this happened was like, okay, like that joke wasn't cool, but holy shit, man. Like you went on stage and like slapped somebody. Um. Anyway, your uh, suggested... Uh, words for him. I apologize to my wife, to my family, to the Williams family. I, I think you made a smart point there that this overshadowed, you know, an amazing story about the Williams family. Apologize to everyone who worked so hard to be part of this night. I resorted to violence in response to words, and that is not the way. It's not what I want to be known for. It's not what I believe I'm called to do in this world. To the little boys who look up to me, I apologize. Sometimes even us trained professionals lose control of our emotions, and this night has been full of emotion. Chris jokes hurt my wife, who many of you know suffers from a disease that impairs hair growth. I thought defending her meant hitting him, but I was wrong. You talk about how he portrayed Ali, who advocated for peaceful protests. I know better. Anyway, long story short, you're basically saying that violence is no excuse. 
for the people who look up to me, for everyone in the world. And then, you know, he posted his own apology, which sounded a lot like yours. And I don't, I don't say that to praise you. Um, It's just that it feels, if you are a creature of empathy, if you have studied wellness and happiness and you have had years of introspection and been vulnerable and public about that as Will Smith has, it feels like that's the statement that just would have come out of your mouth naturally to any of us who have had, you know, who, who have a heart. Um, and, and I don't know, I, it's surprising to me that it took him 24 hours to, to say this stuff. Well, I wonder, you know, there's so many ways to wish for something different. And in my piece, I, I took a middle ground. You know, it's somewhat obvious to wish he hadn't hit Chris Rock. <laughs> that would have been the best move, mm-hmm. uh, not jumping on stage when you're not invited and, and assaulting someone. But he did that. And so if you can't take that back, then there's this long period in between the slap and when he ended up back on stage and that's when I hope for the processing to kick in, for counsel, for wisdom, from wherever it comes for him to say, okay, say words more like the ones you just read versus what he ended up saying. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he may have been so twisted up, so emotionally, dist- he just wasn't capable of it. You know, and I try to allow for that. I mean, I want it, but I, it's hard to expect it. And, you know, if I'm in that situation and I'm so off of my center that I resort to violence in that way, maybe an hour isn't enough time to fully collect myself yeah. and, and make the most uh, considered, you know, set of words available versus taking another 24 hours, essentially, to get that counseling, get that wisdom and say something much more appropriate to, to the point. Um, and, and so all the tears, I don't think of his tears in, in the moment as a, a, a conscious tactic. I think he was out of control. I think he was still not in control of his emotions. He was, there was this little, there was this TikTok or some short form video. I don't know if it's a YouTube short or a TikTok or Facebook's version of a YouTube short, whatever. But they, um, it's these two little boys, a six-year-old and a four-year-old, and they're brothers. And the four-year-old is starting to really get amped up in a temper tantrum kind of mode. And his older brother, six years old, just like models breathing, calm down. He's like breathing with him. And that is like a whole nother way. It shows the possibility of how we men can be trained to handle our emotions, Mm -hmm. even when it feels like they're about to run away, you know, with us not in control. Uh, And it can take another male influence in the case of these little boys to remind us that that's available to us. He didn't have that in the moment. And whatever he was sitting on just popped and it was way too much for him. I want to take a quick break, man. We'll be right back. I want to talk a little bit more about this. Welcome back to The Powers That Be. Uh, Baratunde, one thing that a friend of mine told me was they're, they weren't born here and their social media is just has in their feeds perspectives from other countries. Mm. And a lot of the stuff that she was seeing was good for him. A man should get up there and defend his wife. Um, yeah. The United States is not perfect uh, in any way, but it, it, it does feel like we're at least able to have these conversations in a way other parts of the world might not be. I mean, you know, I we, I think we all agree that Will Smith 
did something wrong. But you were just talking about that video of the boy holding his brother. And I feel like even five years ago, it would be difficult to talk about these things publicly. Um, and just as a just as a subtext to this, rewinding a little bit, it's striking this is coming from Will Smith. Like this is just really feels like he has developed a persona beyond his movies. Um, you know, he has a Snapchat show called Will From Home mm. that he that he developed during the pandemic, where he, you know, bestowed gratitude and money on everyday small town heroes who are helping out, you know, like Will Smith is this sort of like modern day, like, like Robin Hood figure almost, you know, he tries to talk openly about feelings. Uh, I don't know. And it's just, maybe that's, maybe this is redundant to our conversation. It's just, I continue to be struck that this is coming from him. Um, but yeah, yeah. you know, maybe those are just our expectations of fame. It's, it is. I mean, we have a lot of, We've con- we've all contributed to the pressure, you know, to, to even having expectations. Just someone in such a public eye, uh, when they slip in public, it's gonna hurt. Mm-hmm. And I think his um, his demonstration of some emotional intelligence, you know, he seems to have been open minded. He's on this journey, many journeys, and you know, we generally are rooting for Will Smith. So it hurts even more when he falls short, um, and it maybe is a reminder that like anyone can. Mm-hmm what it does to a person to have that level of attention and expectation and to be told you're great, you're great, you're great, you're great all the time. Like, I don't know what that does to you. I know I get a a small dose of it being as public as I am. Mm -hmm. And I got people around me to help check that ego. (laughs) He did not have an ego check last night. And I think, you know, maybe there's some connection between, you know, years of that kind of adoration and not kind of seeing the line as clearly as you might if you were, you know, closer to the ground in some other way. Um, I also, I, I think, you know, what Chris said, like it was, it was a weak joke. You know, it wasn't, yeah. I don't know how much he knew um, at the moment, but this idea that Will was defending Jada's honor, I know I saw Tiffany Haddish really appreciated that. It's, been, it's, it's not an isolated point of view. It's just, I, I want that defense to, to look better mm-hmm. than, than violence as the first move. It's, there's a lot of things wrapped up in the moment for me. Mm-hmm. And I I was trying to allow myself to be disappointed because it just, there was a coach recently who did a similar thing under some pressure during a college ball game mm-hmm. and just like popped the other coach yeah, in the mouth. Howard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> like you're, you have children in your charge. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to be modeling all kinds of leadership skills and whatnot. What, what happened there? And why was it? And it was hard for him to apologize too. And uh, so I just, you know, and then, you know, black guy hits other black guy. Like, I don't want to, I don't need to see any more of that. That's mm-hmm. not the, that's not why I tuned into the Oscars. I was trying to celebrate Will and Questlove and Coda team. And like, there was so much that got muted and forgotten because of this upstaging activity. Yeah. yeah, and you you write that the Williams sisters got upstage. I I am totally with you. I feel like it was under discussed how he stepped on Questlove winning for Summer of Soul, and it almost yeah. felt like he said, "I'm emotional. I can't believe this is happening." Like it seemed like a happy kind of crying, but yeah. it also felt like he was shaken from what just happened in the room, and it Absolutely. made him trip over his speech, which sucks so hard. I mean, I, I've had physical altercations. It's rare 
and when it, and it doesn't feel good. And it, your emotions, they take over. You know, you get that adrenaline rush. Even the, the possibility of a physical altercation can throw us off our center. And then you start saying crazy stuff. So if you're there and you know all these cameras are on you and you're trying to be you know, chivalrous in your definition of it, and, and you, if, if I saw my wife was hurt, that would trigger something in me. I, I don't think I would go on stage and punch the dude who did it, but I have the luxury of not having been put in that position. Mm-hmm. So it is, it's just very pl- plausible to me that he's, he knows that he has the opportunity in that speech. He is totally incapable mm-hmm. of rising to it. Mm-hmm. There's just too much flowing through him to make sense of. What? So it's like, yeah, I got I to gotta thank the distributor and the producers. Yeah. But I also got to implicitly blame the character of Richard Williams for my behavior because he's a crazy dad who did yeah. things to protect his kids and I'm a crazy dad doing... So we're basically the same person. And just like watching the Williams family, you're just like, oh, they didn't sign up. Yeah, they did They didn't sign up for this at all. This is... <laughs> Of all the moments, of yeah. all the moments, that, that, that's we don't get to choose them sometimes. And that, that I didn't cite it in the piece, but what Denzel said to him mm-hmm. about, you know, these these high moments of your life, paraphrasing, that's when the devil comes for you. It's like, yeah, that's that's when your demons can come out. That's mm-hmm. when you will be tested. Mm-hmm. And so he uh, he faced his in front of us all. The last thing I want to ask you about is this other thread that people are fascinated by, which is. Um, Will and Jada's marriage oh, right. uh, and their relationship. Um, I believe I, I believe they've stated that their marriage is open, although it's unclear what that means. I was struck by the moment when Chris Rock made the joke. Jada is clearly pissed. In the moment, Will is laughing. Then the camera cuts away. Yeah. And we don't know what happened after that. But I mean, you, me, none of us have a window into their marriage or anyone's marriage. But I'm just curious because you referenced the book. Has he... What does he say about their marriage and their relationship in the book? Like, what is the dynamic like between them? So, so there's a, a GQ interview. Again, I haven't, I haven't read this whole book. Uh-huh. Um, his recent GQ interview, he talks about their marriage. And I, I read through that piece some today, just to try to understand even more. Uh, you know, I remember the summer 2020, like July of that year, they kind of went on this public um, display of, you know, letting us all know how their marriage works. I'm like, that's interesting timing. But he, um, the way it unfolded in the public is there was this impression that she wanted the open marriage and he didn't want it. Mm. And then he kind of acquiesced reluctantly. And then there was this musician who claimed publicly to have had this, you know, romantic relationship with Jada with his permission, which then he got on the Red Table talk show with her to talk about it. So, so much speculation. I'm going to kind of bound this. This is the... Um, completely unsourced speculation, but possibly explaining some of what we saw a moment of my conversation with Peter here. He wasn't that initially upset by it because she wasn't. He didn't know she was upset. Mm. He looks, he sees, oh, this is a bad thing. Mm. Oh, my wife's upset. I'm, I got to step up. I got to demonstrate, especially if the world has any questions about our connection I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prove how, how tight we are. I'm going to prove how much, how far I'm willing to go to show that this is secure. Mm-hmm. That, that my relationship with her is tight and I will go to the ends of the earth for her. She's my family. And so is there a connection between all that relationship stuff and what we saw? Maybe. You know, 
uh, or or is it you know as he put in his apology you know which he which I saw only after I wrote my thing but as you said it's kind of aligned in many ways that he just saw that she was hurt mm-hmm. you know and then and then referencing the medical thing and maybe he thought Chris should have known better mm-hmm. um, because it was pretty public information for people who pay attention to celebrities uh, that that was just a low blow when you don't do that mm-hmm. I I don't know but I I I, I hope the questions that emerge from it. For me, what's more interesting than just focusing on like the specifics of Will in a moment is, you know, this idea that he constructed a character for himself to be able to survive. And then he lost control of that character. Mm -hmm. And so do any of us have that? You know, are there are there any things we're sitting on and we've put up such an edifice that if we don't deal with it in a a peaceful time, in a a low pressure time, it will deal with us in a high pressure time. And so the, I'm just asking myself that, you know, mm-hmm. what, what what other stuff is in the is in the trunk of my heart and my mind and my past that could to rear up when I least am ready so that I, um, you know, could handle it better. And, or, or friends of mine, you know, what are they going through? Who could I be a, a Denzel for before the slap? A Bradley Cooper for, you know, uh, a Tyler Perry for, and seeing those men try to step in was nice to see. Uh, but I think he's, he's a human and so are we all. So hopefully we can take something other than the, the spectacle of it and the, the guessing about motivation that applies to us. And then uh, and, and watch some really great movies that have nothing to do with Will Smith. There are so many. <laughs> and, we, and we learned and forgot about and hopefully we'll remember again soon uh, how much beautiful art that helps process emotion there is out in this world. That was, there's a lot in my queue now. Yeah, I agree. All right, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you for writing the piece. It was awesome. Thank you for delivering a thoughtful uh, response to this moment and not just a snap take for Twitter. Yeah, it wasn't a, it was a, <laughs> not a, a cool take, take or, or tip, temperate take. <laughs> yeah, temperate. <laughs> just, let's lower the temperature temperate. now. We yeah. can hold a lot of these ideas. We can feel shock and, uh, and shame. We can feel empathy. Uh, we can defend people we love. And understand that urge and understand that there are ways that are appropriate uh, to the moment and ways that are not. So yeah, thanks for having me, Peter. It's good to, to make my debut here on The Powers That Be. Yeah, got you. All right. Talk soon, man. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of The Powers That Be. As a reminder, The Powers That Be is the official podcast of Puck. We'd like to thank Ben Landy, Liz Goff, and Alex Bigler for their editorial and production guidance. If you like what you hear, please share with a friend. It really helps us keep delivering the inside scoop that only Puck can offer. Follow us on Twitter at Puck News. I'm Peter Hamby. See you tomorrow. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13 Studios. Please listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes wherever you get your podcasts. The Powers That Be Daily is executive produced by John Kelly, co-founder of Puck, and Chris Corcoran, chief content officer and founding partner of Cadence 13. 